Hello, ladies and gents, to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to greatly appreciate y'all listening again to another episode. If you haven't already, let's go ahead and start getting the house rules in order. If you haven't already, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you can, leave us a review. If you leave us a review, that is the best way for people to find gun-related podcasts and 2A Lifestyle is going to show up in that motherfucking search bar. Next thing is go and check out our social media. We have a Instagram and a Facebook. On Facebook, we are under 2A Lifestyle. That is the number 2A Lifestyle. And on Instagram, we are under 2 spelled out. It's T-W-O-A Lifestyle because some fucking weird ass fucking pictures that you see in the frames that you buy at Walmart fucking Instagram account took that shit before I could sign up for it. So that's what I got. Uh, but go ahead and follow us on social media. We have some pretty good shit out there. We have going to have some reviews coming out here soon. And also go ahead and check out our website. Uh, that is also going to be linked on our Facebook and social media pages. We're going to start doing some review stuff on there, so that way you can kind of start seeing, uh, you know, some new shit. We're going to be doing a little bit more, uh, you know, reviews on products, uh, fucking blogs and entries and shit on stuff that's happening in the 2A community. That uh, it's going to be my little personal view on shit and all that kind of good stuff. So you can kind of see what the fuck I think about that kind of stuff. And the next thing, we're going to be going into Patreon. If you haven't already, check out our Patreon account. Uh, again, uh, our Patreon is above what it costs for me to post the bandwidth on this podcast. So anything further than that, we're going to be putting directly back into the podcast. Anything over that, we're going to be buying shit to make our uh, social media, our podcast better. We're going to be going ahead and getting some fucking cameras. So that way we can do a video podcast, live stream. Also, we're going to be making some review videos. And also, we have a special thread on both our Instagram and our Facebook of gun shop stories. We're going to be doing a pretty, I think it's going to be an awesome, hilarious fucking clip series of just faking, uh, just fucking uh, stories that people are, are fucking submitting and telling us their stories of uh, when they work at gun shops or shit that they've seen, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be pretty fucking hilarious, so check it out on Patreon. Uh, it is also under 2A Lifestyle Podcast, the number 2A Lifestyle Podcast. And we have a special guest on our show. I'm not going to ruin it just yet, uh, but he's going to be giving us some expertise. He's going to be our shmi, our subject matter expert on a main story that we're going to be talking about in the fucking main segment of our podcast. And this is going to be our fucking Halloween edition episode. Uh, this is going to be released uh, tonight, which is the 27th. Uh, it's probably going to be hitting most of y'all's podcast streams tomorrow, the 28th, which is fucking three days before Halloween. So if you haven't already, uh, don't fucking uh, go do some stupid shit that can land you in jail. But have fun on fucking Halloween is my top three favorite holiday uh, right up there with fucking Independence Day and Christmas. Uh, so go ahead and have fun and let's go ahead and start getting into this bitch. All 
All right, ladies and gents, I'm going to introduce our guest. Uh, he's going to go by the name of Pepe the Fed. Uh, he is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we've been knowing each other for quite a while. Uh, he has helped me on some consultation on basically setting up the electronics part of this fucking podcast because I am electronics ignorant. Uh, he has worked for the federal government a couple of times in the past. He has also worked in the private sector for IT security. I have consulted him, uh, on, like I said, on several occasions, uh, with computer issues. Also, uh, just kind of getting some expertise on some things uh, for my professional career. I'm not going to go into what he does now, but he is currently working uh, involving in the IT security field, and he's also carrying a gun. Uh, so go ahead, Pepe, introduce yourself. Hello there, listeners. Uh, I'm Pepe the Fed. Um, I'm sitting here with 2A, 2A Leo tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about a subject near and dear to his heart or something that's just came up recently, and uh, he'll be asking me a few questions, and I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. I, uh, I wouldn't consider myself the best cybersecurity person out there, but I uh, do know more about computers than the average foe. Alright, and before we get into the main uh, topic of our main segment, we're just going to be kind of going on some little uh, different news stories that's happened in the 2A community. Uh, first one we're going to be talking about actually comes from uh, the Missoulian.com. This was published on October 22nd. The Supreme Court of Missouri re- uh, reversed a decision from Missoula Gun Ordinance. And basically, uh, what happened in Missouri uh, is this fucking city, Missoula, they passed a law stating that there was no more quote-unquote universal, or I'm sorry, gun show loopholes, so they had universal background checks. I'm sorry, this is fucking not in Missouri. This is in Montana. My fucking bad. Uh, But anyway, the Montana Supreme Court on Tuesday reversed a Missoula judge's decision upholding the city of Missoula's gun ordinance. Uh, Like I said, that required all background checks on any privately uh, purchased firearms, quote-unquote, closing the gun show loophole. And of course, the fucking Missoula City Council President, Byron Von Lossberg, uh, told Missoulian on Tuesday he was deeply saddened by the ruling. Uh, just a bunch of fucking liberals, you know, and this is uh, kind of a story I want to open up with just because, you know, Montana, when we think of fucking Montana, we think of a con- uh, kind of, you know, conservative state. There's not that many fucking people in uh, Montana. So if this shit can happen in Montana where there's a lot of hunters there, it's very, uh, you know, very pro two-way for the most part. Uh, you know, if this can happen in Montana, it can happen anywhere. So always, y'all, fucking be on the lookout for, you know, politicians that you elect, even local politicians for your city council, mayor, whatever it may be, because the gun control advocates are always going to push wherever they can, whether it be the federal government, which is what we're constantly hearing about, state government, which we heard about in California, and even your fucking local government and your municipal or county governments. So you always need to have that kind of fucking in the back of your mind whenever you're voting for these politicians and just always be in the forefront and always defending your second amendment, no matter who you're voting for. That's why it's important to vote. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, they don't vote nationally because they feel their vote doesn't count, but I guarantee in fucking Missoula, one vote can count. So that's why you need to always be out there. You always need to be diligent. You always need to be pushing for your Second Amendment rights. And that's, you know, luckily Montana is a very conservative state. So the Montana Supreme Court turned, uh, you know, shot it down. Uh, But, you know, no telling how long these people had to pay extra services uh, to get background checks just for private party firearms transfers. Uh, Pepe, you got any, you know, comments that you want to say on this? Well, I I just see what's going on in Montana as, you know, it's happened in Colorado. You know, it's, 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 currently I'm seeing it happen a little bit in southern states like Georgia and Alabama even. People think of Alabama, they think of backwoods, rednecks with a bunch of guns. Same thing in Georgia but you're starting to see more and more 
uh, blue dots, and I'm talking about big blue dots pop up in red states. And, you know, I, I have a diverse amount of friends, different types of, you know, all walks of life, but, you know, it's it's deeply troubling to see, you know, the population centers ruling the, the state, unfortunately. If you look and see what's happened in Maryland, you had, uh, and I believe uh, 2A Leo covered this on one of his shows, you had a bunch of sheriffs uh, show up to Annapolis, Maryland, saying that they weren't going to enforce any new gun legislation because they're sick and tired of punishing their citizens for Baltimore City's inability to control crime. And and I, I can't agree with that more. I mean, a, a big problem that we're seeing in this country is the fact that there's essentially two cultures now. You have your urban culture, and then you have your suburban and rural culture. Fuck yeah. And you you just can't reconcile the differences in the two. And, and uh, you know, we're, as we're seeing the uh, the blue dots pop up everywhere, it's, they're starting to rule everywhere. I mean, you, you, you've, I've seen it happen in, in states like uh, Maine. You know, Maine's a big outdoor hunting hunting place, and, you know, the, the liberal south of Maine now controls that state, and it's happening in Maryland now. I've been through Maryland many times, uh, especially doing my work. And, you know, the, the people in Maryland, you know, when most people think of Maryland, they might think of, you know, oh, you know, people that work in D.C. And there, there's a lot there. But at the same time, you've got a lot of rural uh, people in Maryland that are, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're gun toters, Bible thumpers. You know, I'm not trying to get too religious on this page, but they're the, you know, classic American conservative. But they ended up, they end up uh, having to be ruled by a lot of these laws coming out of Baltimore City and you know it's it's just unfortunately it's just becoming a mess anywhere and I, I believe a lot of what it has to do is just people just are not getting out there to vote they're really not I, I heard a statistic I don't know how true it is but recently I heard a statistic that they estimate about 45 million evangelical Christians did not come out to vote in 2016 that is just staggering and maybe it was 2018 but 45 million I mean that that, that could change the country and just just you know if you don't think your vote matters I'm just going to piggyback off what 2A Lee said if you, you don't think your vote matters you know you're, you're wrong you really are wrong because every little vote for the most part does count I, I would say the only time it doesn't count is your voting absentee like I have had to do in the past and uh, your state doesn't count absentee ballots fuck yeah and I mean it's the same as very true said in like fucking California I know a lot of gun owners in California uh, are fucking feeling the tyrannical fucking liberal government uh, down there in fucking Sacramento and you know mainly California most of the voters especially nationally or the electoral votes go swinging. Uh, it's coming from like the fucking LA area and the Silicon Valley Bay area. Uh, but if you're in California, you can fucking vote for the state government and elect your state legislatures. Uh, and they can have some sort of pull or push in the state legislatures uh, to oppose the, the fucking, uh, you know, the gun control bias that's going through the national, or at least the state politics like in California. And with that, let's go on and get into our next story. Uh, this actually comes from NRA ILA. Uh, pardon the fucking source, but this was, you know, the best source I saw, at least anyway, that wasn't so fucking biased uh, about it. But the title of the, the fucking news article says, California Gun Confiscation Draws ACLU Opposition. And this was posted October 21st uh, of this past, you know, this past week on fucking Monday. And again, it comes from NRA ILA. And of course, you know, ACLU is a fucking double-edged sword uh, for anybody in America, whether you're liberal, conservative, no matter what side of the, the political fence you're on, it says, you know, we know that gun rights are in interconnected with civil 
civil rights. And this is what I always tell people. A gun right is your civil right. I actually got a fucking FPC shirt that says gun rights are civil rights. Uh, and that is the exact fucking truth because civil rights are going to be the first 10 amendments of the United States Constitution. And therefore, the Second Amendment is number two on that fucking list. Uh, with the, you know, the new California gun control that we covered in the last podcast, uh, you know, one thing uh, that it put in there is within 21 days after a red flag law or order is issued, a gun owner is entitled to a hearing in that manner. And if a hearing after that hearing, the court determines that the individual uh, is to pose a danger to themselves or anybody else, the gun owner's right to possess firearm is suspended for one year. With that new legislation, uh, it can be actually pushed from one to five years. Uh, and the American Civil Liberties Union came out, uh, actually the ACLU of California. So not only is it the ACLU, but it's the fucking ACLU of California. So I imagine it's a hell of a lot more liberal than the regular ACLU. But the ACLU of California has come out with a statement stating that this poses a significant threat to civil liberties by expanding the authorization to seek ex parte orders with all the ensuring consequences without an opportunity for the person to be heard or contest the matter. And their statement continues to say that these orders means the person subject to the restraining order is not informed of the court proceeding and therefore has not the opportunity to contest the allegations. We support the efforts to prevent gun violence, but we must balance that important goal with the protection of civil liberties so we do not sacrifice one and attempt to accomplish the other. The article continues to say that the additional the addition of school employees and teachers uh, as being people that can file these red flag orders against you is also fraught with hazards. The legislation empowers people who may have little to no relationship with an individual to petition to extinguish one of their fundamental rights. And, you know, like I said, ACLU is a fucking double-edged sword. They have come out in the past, and of course they've said, uh, you know, things that if you're a conservative, and honestly, I don't give a fuck what your politics for the most part are, as long as you are a supporter of the Second Amendment, you're a friend of mine, uh, but the ACLU has gone against uh, some other political beliefs that I believe in, uh, which, you know, what the fuck ever, you know, shit happens. They just come out with statements all the time, but uh, but also the ACLU has come out on several Second Amendment issues saying they, uh, you know, do not, you know, do not support the fucking gun control agenda that's being pushed, and, you know, it's just one of those things. The ACLU is a double-edged sword. It, it, you know, this could help us because the ACLU has a lot of resources where organizations like the NRA are, which are in current financial troubles. Um, you know, they're mainly the, the lion and the gun rights uh, organizations. Uh, they're having some problems, but also it helps, you know, FPC, the FPF, the Second Amendment Foundation, the Gun Owners of America, you know, all these people have limited resources, uh, but the ACLU gets donations from a very wide political spectrum because of what they support, and if they decide to step their hat in the ring and decide to put, leg- you know, litigation against uh, these fucking red flag laws, that could be a humongous benefit for us Second Amendment supporters, because if these fucking red flag laws are shot down in some, you know, Ninth Circuit, even, you you know, probably not the Ninth Circuit, probably going to go into the Supreme Court. But if it gets shot down in the Supreme Court and we have the resources of not only those gun rights organizations I spoke with, but also if we have the you know resources of the ACLU, that is a huge benefit to the Second Amendment and that is a huge benefit to Second Amendment supporters. And it's something definitely that I think we need to keep an eye on. And I'll be interested to see uh, what they say. Now, uh, Pepe, you have a little bit of experience. Uh, you have anything to say on this? Well, you know, I definitely agree with you when you talk about uh, ACLU being a double-edged sword. Most of what you hear is them supporting uh, liberal causes. Now, I I met a lawyer one time. Years ago, he used to work for the ACLU, and um, 
um, he flat out said, you know, we're not a liberal organization. We're a uh, First Amendment. We're a free speech organization. They mainly have an emphasis on civil rights. Um, you know, surprisingly, there's actually a, a famous case, I think it was out of uh, Illinois, that a um, ACLU. No, it was um, um, it was a neo-Nazi organization yep. by uh, a man by the name of Frank Collin, who later on found out his uh, father's original name was Cohen, so he later on found out he was Jewish. <laughs> fucking Nazis. <laughs> In the words of Blue Brothers, fucking Nazis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, so much irony there. I mean, Hitler... From what we understand, Hitler was 25% Jewish himself. Fucking Nazis. But uh, uh, this uh, ACLU took up his case to um, be able to um, do his rallies in um, Skokie, Illinois. And uh, ironically, his case was taken up by ACLU lawyer David Goldberger. Yep. I mean, this is, you know, they really they really are, to me, an organization of principle. I don't, I don't quite, you know, always support everything they do. But, um, you know, and, and talking about how, you know, a, a gun right you know gun rights are a civil right if you mention that to people they, they just look at you like you're crazy because when most people think of civil rights mm-hmm. they think of the civil rights marches they think of you know racism and stuff when you mention civil rights but you know if, if you look at the history of gun control in in this country it's be, all fucking racist it has been historically racist it was you know there were laws against um african americans having guns there was laws against native americans having guns you know and uh so if you look at the history of gun control in this country. It, it is inherently racist. And, you know, a, a lot has been said about um, what happened in California under Reagan, actually, yep. um, when when um, I believe it was the Black Panthers that went and marched on uh, City Hall to protest, yep. to protest uh, police brutality. Uh, I can't remember the city it was. It Was it in Oakland or? It was in Oakland. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, but I mean... I, I mean, I, I understand, you know, they might want to protest, you know, police brutality. But, I mean, <laughs> obviously when you march on City Hall with, uh, quote-unquote, assault rifles. Which back uh, in the day were just fucking mini-14s. Well, they look to me more like um, M1 carbines. Uh, Some on, M1 carbines, yeah, mini-14s, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously you're asking for trouble. I don't think that was the smartest move on their part, I mean. Uh, but, you know, there there have been, you know, white organizations. I believe it was that, that Clive and Bundy that went and took that federal, the empty federal building. Yeah, fucking uh, out there uh, protesting the uh, Bureau of Land Management, saying he couldn't have his cattle out there and all that kind of shit. So, right. I mean, it's 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 like like you said, ACLU is, is really based on principles, and you know, despite what you think about politics, you always gotta you know admire somebody that you know fucking is based on principles. And in this case, it is going to help us. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into like the next what the fuck story. This actually comes from the New Haven Register, and this was published on the twenty fourth. Uh, Memphis Zoo reviewing gun policy after accidental shooting. And the story says, a man whose authorities say accidentally shot himself at the Memphis Zoo, fucking shop, shocker, in Memphis, uh, in Tennessee has prompted zoo officials to review their weapons policy. Memphis Zoo Chief Marketing Officer Nick Hammerer, I don't know how the fuck you say his last Har- name. Looks like Harmeyer. We'll go with that. Uh, says the man was reaching into his pocket for his ID, but instead knocked the gun, uh, knocked into the gun, which went off in his pocket. And this is first off why you should always fucking have your gun in a holster with some sort of trigger retention, uh, some sort of trigger guard, uh, but fucking, you know, just what the fuck? 
don't do stupid shit like this. Fucking be a responsible gun owner. Uh, can we rename that story Harambe's Revenge? Fucking A. That's right. Damn right, Harambe. Dicks out. Dicks out for Harambe, y'all. Rest easy, Prince. Fucking uh, next story. Uh, Illinois' concealed carry reciprocity heads to Supreme Court. And this comes from guns.com. And this was published the 23rd. Uh, this is going to be interesting. This could have national impact. Uh, we definitely have uh, the New York case coming up in December. That's going to be brief for before the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, but this, uh, this fucking article states, a challenge to how Illinois treats other states' carry permits have now been sent to the U.S. Supreme Court for appeal. Uh, this was brought by a group of nine individuals allied with three pro-gun groups. Takes issue with the fact that the land of Lincoln, that's fucking, their quote, you know, it's fucking retarded, uh, refuses to issue non-resident concealed carry permits or recognized permits issued from 45 other states, regardless of an individual's background or prior training. This case that literally begs for Supreme Court attention, said the Second Amendment Foundation founder, Alan uh, Gottlieb. Uh, fucking sorry, it's small-ass fucking text on this uh, news article. I like hard copies, as y'all remember this last episode where I fucking lost all this shit. Uh, but a small number of jurisdictions, such as Illinois, largely refused to honor carry permits or licenses from other states. And it says, along with the Second Amendment Foundation, the Illinois State Rifle Association, Illinois Carry, are part of the petition, which could be taken up by the nation's high court as early as mid-December. So this might be a companion case to go along with the New York State case. Now, this is something that's fucking interesting because, you know, I fucking bag on Trump because he's done more damage to the Second Amendment than Obama's done in eight years. He's gotten rid of bump stocks. Didn't get rid of them, but, you know, he's made it hard for the normal man to own a bump stock. He's put uh, pretty much a whole fucking business uh, out of business being bump stock. You know, they're not making them anymore. Uh, fucking businesses that spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on inventory had to destroy their shit. You saw the video when it was released uh, back when bump stocks were made, uh, you know, turned in saying they were machine guns. You had a business in Texas destroy hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of inventory. And then now you have this, you know, Trump did, uh, you know, appoint Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Uh, he has the ability, if he gets reelected, to appoint, you know, one, maybe two more Supreme Court justices. And like I said before, Kavanaugh is going to remember how he's treated by the liberals and the Democrats. And he is going to stick, I think, even further to his conservative values when he rules on these Second Amendment cases because he's going to remember how he was treated by these Democrats. So we've been asking for national reciprocity. With this Supreme Court case, we could get national reciprocity because every state is ordered by the federal government to recognize driver's licenses from other states. They're ordered to recognize marriage certificates from other states. That was a whole thing about gay marriage. Uh, gay somebody gets you know that's gay gets married into another state where they recognize gay marriage they had to go to another state uh, where that doesn't recognize gay marriage you know that's you know no fucking uh, what's that fucking called where a state has to recognize another state's shit do you know what I mean it's a fucking Latin term reciprocity it, well okay fucking the legal term fuck me alright anyway uh, so yeah so you gotta have you know state to state reciprocity because even though we are individual states you know we all fall under the United States of America the federal government we're all part of the same country uh, so it's just you know get fucked that you can't have your pistol permit from Alabama and then go to Illinois. And then even me being a law enforcement official, uh, I can't go to like New York or Chicago, uh, you know, where they have strict gun laws. You know, there is Leosa, but you know, law enforcement officers that go to visit New York uh, for fucking vacation, you know, go see the sites. They get arrested in New York because New York is just saying, you know, fuck you. We don't like your guns, even though you're law enforcement and there's federal law that's recognizing that your law enforcement status states that you can carry 
carry a gun off duty to protect yourself and to act as a law enforcement officer if you see something that you know to protect life uh you know a fucking citizen can do the same thing that has a concealed carry permit so this could give us our national uh uh reciprocity for concealed carry permits this is a case that we really need to fucking pay attention to and you need to fucking support these organizations let me fucking say the organizations again pepe you got any fucking uh uh, thoughts on this while i go through and and take a look at the fucking uh organizations that are behind this again yeah the the big thing is uh, what i worry about is them withdrawing this case and just granting the plaintiff suing the state uh, what it is they want because i believe it's happened in the past i think it was a case out of new york or somewhere in the mid-atlantic where uh the case had to do with uh, certain characteristics about the weapon and they were going to go before the supreme court and what that would have essentially done would have banned or stopped any states from banning uh any uh quote-unquote assault rifles anything with any characteristics would have made all these stupid state laws that we know are stupid having to do with uh telestocks folding stocks um bayonet lugs all that stuff that um really has no you know impact on how the weapon functions uh i believe that uh supreme court case was withdrawn by the state because they knew that the supreme court would have likely um sided with the citizen especially with this current supreme court and it would have just nullified all of those stupid laws nationwide so that state kind of quote unquote took one for their team um so that's what i do worry about with this case and you definitely see that because new york tried to do that they fucking changed their own law saying that oh we changed the law so there's no need for this case to go before the supreme court but the supreme court says get fucked we're gonna have this case anyway because you're trying to pull one over on us and the supreme court's not fucking having that shit uh but those organizations are the second amendment foundation the illinois state rifle association and illinois carry i know a lot of people are not donating to the nra because of the way fucking Wayne LaPierre is running the organization lately. A lot of people has been donating money to other organizations because they'd rather see those uh, dollars be put to hard work instead of fucking lining the pockets of Wayne LaPierre and the ACMAC McQueen uh, fucking still people that are, are working at the NRA and dealing with all the fucking stupid lawsuits that the NRA is up to. So if you have any money that you give uh, to gun rights organizations, I please and hope that you recommend and consider uh, to, you know giving that money to the second Foundation, Illinois State Rifle Association, Illinois Carry, and please tell them that you're specifically giving them money to fund this particular lawsuit because, like I said, this has this could have national fucking implications, and it is a huge, huge fucking case. It, this is something. This you know uh, the fucking New York thing. That's 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 you know pretty big, but this is you know the state compared to potatoes of fucking Supreme Court cases. This is something that Second Amendment supporters has been wanting since Trump's been in office. The Republicans who were bucking around and dicking around and jerking each other off in that circle jerk in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol. Uh, didn't get it done when they were in control. Now that the Democrats have control of the House, doesn't look like it's going to happen unless we get some strong Second Amendment supporting Republicans in uh, or any fucking politicians. It, it, you can, you know, some some jurisdictions and uh, precincts, you can't get elected if you have an R by your name. So a lot of Democrats are conservative, maybe not everything, but they can be conservative on Second Amendment issues. Just make sure that when your having somebody run in your uh, fucking, you know, congressional district or Senate race, ask them, what is your thoughts on national reciprocity? Get them hooked in an answer. And then if they support it, you can elect that person, but make sure you hold their feet to the fucking fire. All right, Pepe, are you ready for this fucking topic? Fire away. All right. Now this is the fucking main story that we're going to be talking about. And this actually comes from the firearm blog. And this was posted on, it says it was posted 22 hours ago, but I know I fucking did this. Uh, It was posted the 22nd. All right, so the fucking title of this is Facebook and Google are indexing 
your firearms serial numbers. Now, I will say that, you know, I'm a huge consumer of podcasts. And last week, I listened to Edward Snowden interview on Joe Rogan. I know, Pepe, you have your fucking own personal views on Edward Snowden. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm not very electronic literate, so I don't know a lot of the shit that's going on. I know there's huge data mining going on. Uh, I know that the government is collecting a fuck ton of our information. And this article just gives me a huge what the fuck with our Second Amendment rights. And I'm going to kind of go over the article and then we're kind of discuss uh, what's going on. So that way you can just, you know, the readers, uh, you know, the listeners, you know, go read this fucking article. Uh, try it out yourself and just see what the fuck they're talking about. But the article states Google and Facebook have now made it possible to find photos of firearms by simply typing a serial number into the search box. Earlier today, the automotive website Jalopnik uh, po- published a story showing how license plate numbers are evidently scanned using optical character recognition or OCR on Google Images, allowing them to be searchable using text queries. Using the OCR hypothesis, TFB, the firearms blog, wonder if this image data mining technique might be able to be used to search for firearms serial numbers. Using images posted previously on the firearms blog with serial numbers displayed on firearms, we tested the serial number search technique. As you can see from the results below, and obviously this is you know a fucking article, go take a look at it. I will post this on uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram so you know what I'm talking about. As you can see by the result, this, the results below, firearms serial numbers are in fact part of this apparent large-scale data mining operation by companies like Google and Facebook. Now this is interesting because Google also owns YouTube and Facebook also uses Instagram. Those are the three largest fucking apps most people use. Uh, you know, the only thing that's not on there is Twitter, but you know, most damn near everybody has a Facebook, damn near everybody has an Instagram, and damn near everybody uses YouTube as long as as well as Google. The article goes on to continue to state that uh, it appears Google, with the help of Facebook, is archiving this information and making it easier to aggregate in order to further test this theory. I tried a different serial number, this time from a silencer review, placing the term in quotes. Uh, and of course, it, you know, they typed in the serial number for the suppressor and it worked. Facebook and Google are reading and cataloging your firearm serial numbers. It is clear that the firearms community is not being singled out by this data mining operation. And no, you cannot as an individual readily look up someone else's personal information with only firearm serial numbers. But, and now Pepe, go into this. This is where kind of your exp- expertise and this is why I asked you on this episode. Uh, your fucking IMEM, you know, your IP address, your IMEI on your phone. All that stuff is being digitally digitally signatured to every picture being taken. So therefore, every picture that you upload onto social media, YouTube, whatever it is, uh, it's going to have where it came from because of your digital signature. So go on and, and you know fucking drop some knowledge on us. So starters, this this technology, the roots of it are actually well over a hundred years old. They actually started this uh, for telegraphs, so that way uh, uh, people who were blind uh, could, um, I believe, it had something to do with um, helping people who were blind use the telegraph system and uh, the technology was further developed in the 1970s and it was later on sold to Xerox now this technology has been used for years by the US Postal Service um, they would use it to read letters and I'm not talking about they would go inside your letter and read it uh, probably unless you were targeted but um, they would um, read the outside you know the the uh, address the forwarding address on the on the letter so that way they knew where to send it to it you know with a machine it's so much faster than having somebody do it by hand so that's basically what this technology uh, 
technology is all about. Uh, you have any uh, questions about that two-way, Leo? Now, you said earlier that like this has been around for like 100 years, and I think you told me that like this originally started like in 1917? 1914. 1914. So basically at the outset of World War One, And I'm sure, you know, basically, you know, being a history uh, nut like I am, uh, you know, so it's probably also used for, for spying techniques, you could probably say. Uh, and something else that's very interesting, uh, you know, uh, you're saying this is used by Postal Service and, and stuff like that uh, as far back as, as the, you know, the 70s and whatnot, uh, you know, but kind of going on to the law enforcement side and, and kind of what I know about it, uh, this can also be used in law enforcement investigations and no telling uh, intelligence agencies or whatever, because, you know, if you know anything about the Unabomber, uh, you know, they had a, a big fucking, I think it was a Netflix uh, movie about it, I think last year, the year before, uh, you know, handwriting, uh, uh, language forensics is a part of the FBI uh, uh, criminal profilers. So, you know, that kind of stuff is used uh, for law enforcement investigations. So, uh, and not only that, fucking pictures and all that kind of stuff, if it is data mined by these companies, law enforcement can get it for, uh, you know, fucking with, with search warrants and all that kind of stuff, uh, all that kind of stuff. And it's very intriguing because with red flag laws, it, you know, everybody says, oh, well, my shit got lost in the boating accident. Well, even if you purchased it privately, you know, a lot of people says, you know, I don't fucking purchase firearms at gun stores because I don't want, uh, you know, big brother or the government knowing what guns I own. But even those fucking people I know like to post shit, you know, their Gucci Glocks or whatever the fuck it is on social media uh, saying that, you know, this kind of stuff uh, is what I have or taking pictures of them at the range doing drills or looking fucking tactical or all that other kind of stuff. Uh, so basically with this OCR technology, if any part of your serial number is seen in the photos themselves, it is going to be stored by this data mining, correct? Uh, I believe that's what it's all about. I mean, I haven't really uh, reviewed this. I, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory or anything, but I haven't really reviewed this story yet. And I, I, be I believe it's going on. And, you know, what, what I'll go into with this is, you know, every time you take a, a photo, you know, there's a digital uh, there's a digital thumbprint on that photo that pretty much traces it to the device that it was used. They know which phone it came from. Uh, they know, you know, phone, tablet, whatever. If you post it on social media, they know where the original photo came from. That's what uh, this identification does. You know, we don't really see this with our naked eye, but um, any, you know, computer forensics personnel can go in and, and you know, to, to me, this is child's play. This is so, something I deal with all the time. But, you know, when it comes down to this, you got to remember, and I, I'm sure many of you have thought about this too, Facebook and Google and every everything, any time a service is free, you are the product. And they're trying, they're basically trying to mine your data, mainly to sell stuff. I mean, I've cruised through Facebook and a lot of the ads I get are for guns and outdoor stuff. I mean, it, or, you know, they suggest a, um, a Second Amendment uh, group. You know, I think these, these forums have learned really quickly they can't exclude the Second Amendment community as much as they'd love to sometimes just because it'd be really bad for business. People would just leave in mass. But getting back down to it, you know, the, these private, you know, entities, Facebook, Google, YouTube, any of it, um, you know, you whenever you use their services, and I know a lot of you already know this, but whenever you use their services, you are agreeing to their terms of service. And I, there was recently an article that came out um, uh, in the UK, and maybe there was a uh, another article in the US about it, but Mark Zuckerberg basically had also admitted to um, scanning your um, messages. And, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you're using 
using their you're using their platform and those those messages are stored on their server so even if you're taking pictures and sending it to your buddy hey buddy look at my new gun you know that's you know that you're this optical character recognition what it basically is is it allows the machine to do what a human being can do because traditionally what computers would do whenever you're searching for something they would be able to read the hypertext so they'd be able to read the characters that are in there because it recognizes a character kind of because the program behind it not so much because of, you know they can't read it like a human can this allows for technology to read it like a human can so let's just say yeah somebody has a picture of a, of a handwritten sign that says you know I don't know just a handwritten sign that says screw off or something uh, and you try to Google that image are you gonna necessarily find it no but with optical character recognition uh, you could find it that way because it allows machines to pick up characters and read like a human can and they do it basically by tracing the outside and they catalog that in their system so that way the machine is able to read just like a human so but you know going going on with that you know folks I, I'm just gonna say if you're, if you're technology illiterate you know and a lot of people out there they don't want it's it's too complicated for them but you've got to learn a little bit of it I mean I, I've been a gun person pretty much my whole life and if you had told me years ago that I was going to work in computers I would have just laughed at you but uh, I, I hate to admit it but computer literacy is the new literacy and there's always people out there going oh, I don't want to know anything about computers because they're all going to fail and yada 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 well you know the Y2K conspiracy thing is, is gone and it's out the, the doomsday prediction it's it's gone and it's out the door I mean it was basically a rumor that was set out to sell I think EMR systems back in the late 90s uh, or some kind of systems that they were trying to promote by saying that oh all these other uh, um, mainframes and such are obsolete which which they kind of were but that that story ended up or that uh, attitude ended up getting leaked out to the general public who then panicked I mean I don't know a bunch of you listeners probably remember the Y2K scare but you know you've got to learn more and more about computers and and just how you're able to be tracked and 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 you know my, my opinions don't necessarily reflect that of 2a leo or the 2a lifestyle podcast but i'll just go ahead and say it having worked in the government and having worked in private sector i'm actually more worried about private sector uh, data collection than i am the government and you know the reason why is because you know one we consent we can cons- we uh consent uh unknowingly just wittingly just be able to use their platform without even reading these end users licensing agreements uh, also referred to as EULAs and people don't take the time to read them but even if they do they just they just don't care they just want to use that new app or they want to use that uh, that platform they want to be on Facebook just because everybody else is on Facebook and you know you can you can I mean I, I use Facebook uh, you know I have you know different email accounts that I won't mention here but you know by some you know we they're we're basically allowing allowing these platforms to be more intrusive to what we would consider private or which we feel should be private, um, more so than the federal government will ever do. And that's because we're granting them this access. And, you know, people say, well, I, I can't go live in a cave and, and not use technology. I'm like, yeah, you can still use technology, but, you know, you need to be very, very mindful with it. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, we I was always taught it's never, never a good idea to just show off your guns to e- even, you know, even friends or neighbors. You know, I think the, the few people that I did show my guns were very, very close friends, uh, people that I 
knew I could trust. And if I couldn't trust them, then they wouldn't even be in my house, to be honest with you. But the fact of the matter is your stuff is more likely to be stolen from people you know. And, you know, just you know, sharing pictures of your guns online, you know, if you're gonna do it, you know, at least tape up the serial number. Um, it's just, you know, it, I know it's it might seem a little bit tinfoil hat-ish, but if, it, you know, if this is going on, you know, and I'm not saying that they're gonna use this database to later on enforce firearms confiscation or whatnot, but, you know, or just catalog, have a private registry, and I'll get into more of the private sector part of that in a minute. Uh, they, um, it's not so much about what, what it's intended to do, but what can it do? You know, you need to think about, you know, we've, I've used technology all the time in the past in IT where something was designed specifically for a certain uh, process that we were doing, but we ended up using it for, we found other uses for it. Um, obviously, I, I just can't look at this, uh, this serial number cataloging and think as for anything other than nefarious purposes to, you know, tie serial numbers to certain users. But, you know, when, when you look at um, the gun control lobby or the, the forces behind gun control, whoever they may be, it's a lot easier for them to use the private sector to do their bidding than it is the government. And that's just with any kind of control. I mean, this is a, also a form of social control. If you look at what happened to, you know, a lot of gun videos on YouTube, because YouTube is, um, well, they like to say that they're a publisher. And, you know, there's a big PragerU lawsuit out right now. I don't know if most of you are probably familiar with PragerU, but they're basically suing uh, YouTube's parent company, um, Google, which is parent company is Alphabet. They're suing those entities um, because so many videos were censored saying that there's inappropriate for youths, you know, young people to see. And so you basically have to be an adult to see these videos. I, I don't get what's so vulgar about um, PragerU videos compared to all the other debauchery I've seen on YouTube. Fucking beheading videos on YouTube. Yeah, that's not age inappropriate. But yeah. Anyway, um, you know, and, and PragerU's argument was, you know, yeah, and I know a lot of you say, well, you know, they're a private entity. They can do whatever they want. And, and I get that. But this doesn't apply to uh, public forums. And if they allow everybody else free speech on their public forum, then they have to allow it to people like PragerU and the, you know, the Second Amendment community as well. But you're starting to see more and more, you know, the private sector being used to enforce uh, the will of the gun control and um, lobby than you are going to see it within the government. If you've looked and seen, and I know a lot of you guys aren't NRA fans out there, but NRAs, I believe, has been engaged in a lawsuit where they were blacklisted by some banks. Um, and, you know, they it's, it's a lot, like I said, it's a lot easier to use to use private entities to do their bidding. And, you know, this goes along with, you know, technology. You've, you've got to realize what it is technology can do nowadays. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the government trying to, to data mine your stuff. And I'm more worried about Google and Facebook doing it than I am the federal government, to be honest with you. And honestly, I, and like I said, my views don't necessarily reflect that of this podcast or 2A Leo over here, but federal government uh, collecting my data doesn't really scare me that much, to be honest with you, just based on the stuff that I know. It, um, really, I just, I really feel like um, the agenda, you know, Facebook and Google, they they have so more than agenda than the federal government does, because having worked in the federal government, I can tell you the agenda changes from administration to administration, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm not so scared of, you know, federal, uh, you know, um, federal agencies trying to trample on my rights. I'm more scared of the general public, so to speak, demanding that they take away these rights. Fucking mob mentality. Exactly. You know, and it's been said, you know, democracy is uh, two wolves and a sheep agreeing on what's for dinner. You know, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's sad in this country that so many people don't really understand what a, a constitutional republic is. And, um, that's why they're trying to do away with the electoral college. And, you know, I, I can go on and on forever about this, but 
I'll, I'll get back into my expertise, the technology aspect of it. I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, fellow patriots, you know, whatever you want to call yourselves, firearms enthusiasts, it's very important that you learn technology, you understand what technology can do. And if you don't understand it, then, you know, be very, very mindful with what you do because, you know, like I said, computer literacy is the new literacy. If you, if you don't understand, you know, encryption, encrypted communications, and I understand you're not going to be able to go out there. Most of you probably can't go out there and make your own encryption algorithm. Uh, you know, do a lot of the stuff that I know how to do. Not that I make encryption algorithms, even though it's something that I've been learning. You know, you need to learn the basics. You need to learn about VPNs and IP addresses, you know, VPNs, virtual private networks. Um, and you need to, you need to learn about anonymity tools and stuff just to be able to protect, you know, if you want to look up something, uh, you know, I'm not worried about the government seeing that I Googled, uh, or I used a search engine to, you know, look up, look up a certain, uh, you know, a certain subject. I'm more worried about, you know, the Facebooks and, and Google knowing that because they will put me into a certain category. Now, granted, it's mostly there. It's mostly there to sell me certain things. They want to sell my information to, um, corporations for advertising, but I really feel like, you know, because of what we permit these corporations to do whenever we click I agree, you know, it's much more, much more invasive. If you read some of these end user license agreements, you just, you just would be blown away. And, and I'll, I'll admit to, I've been guilty of not reading them myself. So, uh, 2A Leo, you have anything to add to that? Anything to, any questions? Well, I mean, something I definitely want to say is that, uh, especially when you're looking at fucking who's collecting this information, you're, you're looking at Facebook and, and Google, you know, they are not fucking friends to the second amendment. They are outspoken for gun control. So if it comes to the point, the firearms confiscation, uh, firearms confiscation, and it, it's, you know, like fucking old Beto O'Rourke's wanting, you know, mandatory gun confiscation. Don't think for a fucking second that I think these companies would come forward and offer this information for gun confiscation because it would virtue signal for them. Uh, it'd make them fucking feel good when they have their circle jerks with their liberal friends at the end of the day. And also, uh, you know, when talking about, you know, the, the private sector collecting this, you know, the private sector and government has been known to work together. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, you know, when I first started in law enforcement, uh, you know, Target had some of the best video software out there. It, it was developed, uh, you know, they paid for development and they were using it. And even some of the alphabet boys would fucking take video surveillance, you know, of like a, a you know, a crime scene and they take it to Target and Target would clean it up for them. You know, Target, the fucking, you know, the, the, the bullseye, the, the red store that you go to, you know, buy some of your shit. Uh, Target would clean up that video for them and they could help them identify you know, suspects in crimes or, or whatever it may be. So there is a history of, you know, uh, government and private sector working together, you know. So, you know, if you're thinking this is out of the realm of possibility, that's why I said grab your fucking tinfoil hat. Uh, you know, that's not outside the realm of, of, of possibility in my mind. So, um, and then I, got, I guess I got one other thing to ask, you know, because, you know, some people hear this, they might say, well, fuck, I'm just going to take everything with digital cameras now. But if you take something with a digital camera and you upload it to your laptop or to your PC, uh, it's still going to have that that digital fingerprint of the uh, serial number, the laptop, the computer, and then whatever internet connection you're using, correct? That That, that is true. And, you know, the, the saying goes is, you know, there's a, a philosophy out there. Now, this is a little bit of a stretch, but the philosophy is basically that once it's on the internet, it's out there forever. And I got to say, having worked, you know, there's, there's a good chance 
chance that whatever it is you put out there will will last somewhere. Um, I was reading or watching something about um, tweets that got people fired the other day, and somebody accidentally tweeted something, and it was only up for 14 seconds, but that was 14 seconds too long, and it ended up getting that person fired. Uh, you know, d don't ever think because you deleted that Facebook post that it's not there anymore. It is there. They have all kinds of sophisticated algorithms, you know, so you really think before you post something, and if you don't want it out there, do not put it on the internet at all. You know, you know, use technology, but use it responsibly. Use it wisely. Um, I, you know, I, I love to take pictures at the range and have good range trips just as much as anybody else. But uh, you know, I'm I'm, all, I'm also very very careful about you know how much I expose. You know, um, what it is I post online. And it's mainly because I just don't want random people out there looking at my Facebook. Now, granted, I have my Facebook locked down. I just don't want random people out there knowing what it is I have, what it is I, I keep in my safe. Because if they can, you know, criminals out there that are stalking online, you'd be surprised just how easy it is to find out your address and any information they can just based on pictures and you know people out there you know you saw what uh, 4chan did to Shia LaBeouf when he was doing his he will not divide us live stream some of you all might be familiar with that they were able to track him just with images from the sky when they went they went, went out to uh, his thing in New York City trolling his his live stream protesting President Trump uh, the whole he will not divide us uh, live stream that he had and it drove him crazy to the point where he put himself out in a field in the middle of Tennessee with just a flag that said he will not divide us and within 24 hours Force Chan users were able to find him and replace his flag with a um, MAGA hat and t-shirt and I mean just just images alone somebody can find your location and I'm not I'm not trying to you know get you guys to break out the tinfoil hat I'm just trying to tell you guys I am yeah. I fucking am yeah <laughs> just be mindful and you know they're, they're, you know really if you're, if you're you're into preserving you know just you know I got, I'll just go ahead and say it you know people say you know just for my know about technology is you know people say oh but there should be uh you know this is against the fourth amendment reasonable search and seizures you know the data collection is illegal and blah 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 well you got to keep in mind you know your data is you know you can't really see it you it's really only interpreted on your screen for you to see but that's not necessarily true your data isn't just on on your device it is passing through so if you're doing computer backups file backups uploading things to google images you know you're, you're keeping your images in dropbox whatever it's going through the internet and as it flows through the internet, it is passing through this this massive highway of uh, routers and nodes and wires, and and that's on public infrastructure. So there's really no expectation of privacy. And just imagine if if some of your stuff was passing through a private company's nodes, they can and they do collect whatever is passing through. You just be would be surprised what they've been able to pass to you know collect that's been passing. So there really is no expectation of privacy when it comes time to the internet. Now if you use something like say a VPN, and I'm not saying, you know, use Facebook in a VPN uh, because that's going to keep people from seeing your stuff, but it's not going to stop Facebook from or Google from seeing your stuff, whatever platform you're using. Yeah, the the, the private companies like, say, uh, Comcast or Verizon, whoever it is you're using as an internet service provider, they might not be able to see your information, but the other end user, Facebook and Google, will be able to see your information. So if you're using a virtual private network, what that basically does, you know, like I said, think of the internet as a system of roads and highways where there's no expectation of privacy. But think of a VPN as a secret tunnel between your home, your device, and your final destination that um, that you're using that has layers of protection over it. You know, uh, the best the best um, VPN commercial VPNs that are out there for well, I don't want to say commercial, but uh, uh, ones that you can buy like NordVPN, ExpressVPN, all those out there. Uh, the best use 256-bit um, encryption, which is military-grade encryption. And I, now I know in the two-way community we don't like to hear the term military-grade very much 
because we we know what military grade don't means. call my fucking guns military grade yeah because my stuff's better than military grade but you know when it comes time to their data the government really is serious so when when you hear something like military grade encryption it I, I guarantee you it's pretty good because they are very serious about keeping their stuff secret even though they haven't been so successful about keeping their stuff secret with all the leakers out there but guys I really highly encourage you to become IT literate you know learn about using uh, different anonymity tools out there uh, I, I don't suggest that you guys go on the dark web because it's some of the stuff you find on there uh, you know a lot of you know there, there there's some rumors that are true about what's on the dark web but a lot of stuff is not true but you know just if you do choose to go on the dark web be very very careful and do not use a Windows computer for it use Linux and don't don't use um, Mac either don't use Apple I highly suggest you learn how to use Linux if you're going to uh, just to keep yourself from being hacked on the other end not necessarily from the government but just a malicious hacker who wants to find your location and they do do it they do do it um, uh, you know I've you know working in IT you know I've come across so many scary things regarding ways that people have been able to track people who otherwise thought they were anonymous so I just you know I'm not gonna turn this into a technology show by any means but I just highly suggest uh, go out there and and learn some stuff about you know keeping your your not so much your not so much your day-to-day -day stuff secure but just you know any any communication you want to use to be secure there's don't use whatsapp anymore I believe Facebook bought them out and I just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust whatsapp anymore but there's good, better ones out there like wire and signal that are much better um, but there's all kinds of uh, resources online where you can read about the better anonymity tools and uh, privacy tools out there now there's really a, a big difference between privacy and security some VPNs are, are uh, privacy centered whereas others are security centered you know security is just keeping your stuff from being hacked keeping unwanted eyes out there but you know at the same time are they really private are they not sharing your information with uh, third parties you know there's the you know people might think of privacy and security is the same thing but when it comes time to IT they're really not they're really not so that's something to you know keep in mind um, so I mean and granted you know my, my name on here is Pepe the Fed yes I have done federal work in the past and people thinking oh two way Leo you gotta you gotta spook in there I'm like well, well you know I you know, having worked for the federal government, I've just seen kind of some of the limitations of stuff. And my, my opinion is it's just scarier to me what the, what the you know, the private sector is doing. And mainly because we just grant it to them without even reading it, um, you know. And, and I'm, really, I'm really not worried, you know. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Snowden before. And, I, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not a big Snowden fan. And the, the big reason why is just because he, he, hurt our, he hurt our ability to, you know, fight the war on terror. And, and he hurt our ability to 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 um you know to stand up in cyberspace against the Chinese and the Russians because it's really hurt us for the, like the next fifteen years at least and I, he was twenty nine I believe at the time he did what he did and uh, um you know I really don't believe a twenty nine year old should be taking national security policy into their own hands and I mean I probably lost some fans by saying this but just you know I'm just I'm just not a fan of leakers in general so well and I will go ahead and say with you're talking about the fucking uh, VPNs and all that kind of shit legal disclaimer I will say I do not condone or endorse any illegal activity that y'all fucking do so don't go on the dark web and buy a fucking uh, grenade and have it sh sent to your fucking neighbor's house or any stupid shit like that fucking be responsible uh, don't be like that fucking guy in Memphis and shoot your dick off you know with a gun and, and do something stupid but uh, just kind of closing out the, this main article I mean fucking looking at the, these pictures here Pepe you can see that uh, the fucking gun that they use uh, to search the serial number is a Glock now Glocks also do post the serial you know engrave the serial numbers on the barrels so I mean some of these 
these are of the barrels but some of these like you know this picture right here it's not of the barrel it's, it's of the side of the Glock that you don't see I mean you can't see the underside where, where the serial number is you can't see the barrel where the serial number is here's one of the grip there's no fucking serial numbers just on the grip I mean so uh, somehow that you know with these OCRs they're, they're collecting the uh, serial numbers of your firearms uh, and you know when they googled that serial number the firearm fucking pulled up so I mean you know I was talking to you before uh, you know just because you take a picture and then decide to fucking mark it out with your your fucking edit on your photo uh, it's too fucking late uh, you know especially like for example if you're using Android uh, it's automatically put into Google Photos uh, because that's where most people you know back up their photos and shit so Google's already got a picture of it uh, you know like you said before you take a picture of something maybe get like some fucking electrical tape or uh, some painters tape masking tape whatever the fuck uh, and put it over your your firearm serial number you know that, that's a little bit of a digital security uh, but you know it's just kind of fucking crazy in the world we live in uh, just the the digital security issues that you know we have and, and all that other kind of stuff and, and it's just fucking insane to me um, and let's close out this main segment with just a article that uh, I read it really inspired me uh, and I've actually I'm gonna try and do something initiative wise uh, for myself uh, for the law enforcement community and for the lawful carry uh, citizens of my area uh, this article comes from Land. this was published on the 22nd and it says FPC demands police training in the wake of another unjustifiable kill uh, now if anybody knows uh, in the news a police officer in Fort Worth uh, was checking on a house uh, that's the neighbor called in and said that uh, you know fucking my neighbor's house uh, the front door's been open since 10 p.m. it's now two o'clock in the morning uh, so a Fort Worth police officer a Fort Worth police officer went out there to check on it this poor woman uh, Atiana Tatiana uh, Jefferson uh, she was shot and killed uh, because she saw somebody going around the back of her house with a flashlight uh, and so she had her nephew there her, her you know it was a child uh, and grabbed her firearm uh, that she was lawfully allowed to have uh, and the police officer shined the light inside saw the firearm told her to drop the firearm did not announce that he was a law enforcement officer uh, told her to drop the firearm she did not drop the firearm because she didn't know who the fuck was out there uh, and the law enforcement officer shot inside the house fortunately missing the child but unfortunately ended up hitting Miss Jefferson uh, where she was transported to, transported to a hospital where she was later pronounced deceased uh, this underscore you know the article states this underscores why law enforcement must be better trained to safely encounter people with guns and other constitutionally protected weapons especially with the ever-increasing number of individuals who keep and carry firearms for self-defense the default assumption of law enforcement officers must be that someone armed is not a violent threat until that person proves otherwise assuming that every armed person poses a threat puts lives at risk and unnecessarily expands the class divide between government actors and the people they serve law enforcement agencies and officers must embrace the reality that their mere presence of a firearm does not and cannot make its possessor a target for deadly preemptive force in its recent Hicks v Commonwealth 2019 decision the Pennsylvania Supreme Court adopted the arguments presented in our coalition brief uh, and this is from the power of firearm policy coalition who wrote this article uh, states that we find no justification for the notion that a police officer may infer criminal acti activity merely from an individual possession of a concealed firearm in public unless a police officer has prior knowledge that a specific individual is not permitted to carry a concealed firearm and absent art articulable facts supporting reasonable suspicion that a firearm is being used or intended to be used in a criminal manner that simply is no justification for the conclusion that the mere possession of a firearm where it may lawfully be carried is alone suggested of a criminal activity uh, now I think this is very important uh, you know a lot of people think uh, and you know if you don't know I am a law enforcement officer uh, I 
created this podcast and my social media to try and kind of bridge that gap between farms enthusiasts and law enforcement, uh, as well as you know expand on my knowledge, share it, uh, and just kind of give a unique perspective of uh, you know veteran law enforcement officer, firearms enthusiast into the gun community, and uh, in kind of a more comical way than say something serious like primary, secondary, all that kind of stuff. Um, love those guys, but you know kind of something a little more lighthearted, something that I can have fun with. Hopefully you have fun with too, but also while imparting some knowledge uh, with y'all. Uh, I've reached out to Firearm Policy Coalition, and I've also reached out to the International uh, Association of Firearm, uh, Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors to see if there is any um, fucking you know curriculum already out there that law enforcement officers can be uh, instructed on. Because as law enforcement officers, you have to have continuing education hours every year. Uh, in the state of Alabama, it's only 12, but like I know in the state of Texas, it's 40. Uh, so you have to take classes every year, updating yourself and, you know, it could be something uh, like new laws. It could be something with new techs and police work, anything uh, to to have that. You know, this year uh, it was my firearms instructor recertification. Uh, but I'm trying to see if there's a curriculum already out there that maybe cause I am also an instructor for fire, uh, for law enforcement uh, through the state. Uh, if there's anything out there that I can go around and maybe teach law enforcement officers to see if, you know, we can try and train our law enforcement officers to better interact with civilians that are carrying law lawful firearms. And it's something that's very near and dear to my heart because I think everybody should have a firearm. I think there should be no uh, fees to have your constitutional right to carry a firearm. I think that uh, everybody should be able to, you know, if, if uh, as long as you're not committing a crime, you should be able to have a firearm, obviously. You know, I don't want nobody that's going to commit a crime to have a firearm uh, unless that person uh, is going to be a victim of a crime because I want them to be able to protect themselves. So I've reached out to the FPC. I have not heard anything back. I've also never heard back from the law enforcement Firearms Instructor Association. Uh, so hopefully I'll hear something back from them so that way I don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you know of anything uh, that's already out there, please reach out to me on social media, uh, either through Facebook or Instagram, uh, or if uh, you can reach me out to my uh, email address, which is uh, 2A Lifestyle, the number 2A Lifestyle at mail.com. I don't have my own server. I know fucking Pepe is going to say something about that, uh, but fucking I don't have my own server, so just reach out to me through email or social media. Uh, if you're law enforcement or if if you know somebody that's law enforcement that are, there's already curriculum, uh, I can get it approved by my post, which is the Peace Officer Standard Training Commission of my state, and I can go ahead and start uh, training law enforcement officers in, in my own community. Uh, and also, maybe try and have a dual class because I'm also certified uh, for active shooter. You know, in the state, we have a law enforcement version of that class, and we also have a civilian version of that class. Uh, so that way, you know, people who have uh, firearms uh, that are, uh, you know, lawful citizens that aren't law enforcement, uh, know their rights uh, for situations when dealing with law enforcement because uh, I can't tell you how many fucking times I deal with uh, you know regular civilians citizens uh, who don't know law enforcement laws uh, you know they have either a concealed carry permit or they own a firearm but they don't carry have a concealed carry permit uh, they just keep it in their house but they don't know the laws in regards to those firearms uh, so I definitely feel it's you know I mean when I read this I was like damn that is a great idea I want to get on it and I had the fire under my ass uh, I still got the fire under my ass now it's something I'm really want to do. So, uh, you know, if I get something, trust me, I will put it out there. So that way maybe you can talk to your local law enforcement, whether it be municipal or county or state, uh, maybe they can start instructing it, uh, wherever you are. Uh, but that's something that's near and dear to my heart. Let's go ahead and start getting into the gun, uh, gear reviews and news section.
that, let's start getting into the gun uh, or the gun gear review. Uh, got no news, but I do actually have some uh, actual reviews for you guys. Uh, somebody that was really awesome to send me some cool shit uh, to test out uh, was Cold War Concealment. They sent me a uh, shield inside the waistband holster. They sent me a P365 outside the waistband holster, and they also sent me a mag carrier inside the waistband. Uh, this weekend, I, you know, I just got it. I think fucking Tuesday, uh, so I've only had the chance to wear their shield inside the waistband holster, uh, and I've been carrying that all weekend. Uh, fucking went out uh, on Friday, uh, went out Saturday, and then uh, went to the range with it Saturday, and then I was wearing it today when I was working on my Jeep. So uh, it was it was really comfortable. Uh, it, for me, it wasn't very comfortable to wear appendix, so I wore it around the 2.30, 3 o'clock, uh, and I had the uh, extended base pad on my magazine uh, for the shield, and I, like I said, I, I also had a USPSA match this past Saturday. Uh, so I took it, and after my USPSA match, I stuck around at the range, and I practiced drawing from concealment with it, and uh, reholstering, and all that kind of good shit, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it does have those black uh, plastic clips on it that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, when I was, you know, putting it in my, inside my waistband, uh, there was a good deal of, you know, flex on it, so, you know, if you were fucking grilling that shit inside your waistband, uh, I could see that shit maybe breaking off, uh, but something I will say is that it did uh, kind of hold it a little bit better than previous uh, experiences that I had with those black plastic clips uh, on the holsters. But something that really surprised me, and I actually reached out to him today to let him know that say I thought this was fucking awesome. I even asked him the thickness of the kydex he used. Uh, he uses .08 thickness kydex. Uh, is that when I drew from the holster, and like for example my filster holster, I have to take that bitch out to reholster my firearm because whenever uh, I draw it, obviously the firearm's out, so the kydex is not being supported uh, to, to remain open, uh, so I have to take that bitch out to put my Glock 19 back in there. Uh, with this, it held its shape. I was able to reholster my shield without having to take that fucking holster off, which is really nice. I really like that about it, uh, which is, you know, it, to me, that was the first inside the waistband kydex holster that I've dealt with that uh, was, you know, that particular um, fucking feature. I, I really enjoyed that. And something that's really nice about this is, you know, kydex holsters, you know, I've been looking at some uh, fucking Hawaiian print Kydex holsters just because that's kind of fucking cool, uh, you know. But those were around like seventy to eighty dollars. Uh, this one, if you go to their website, ColdWarConcealment.com, uh, the inside the waistband holster that I had, uh, it's fucking thirty nine dollars. That's not bad at all. Uh, so it, it wasn't too terrible. Uh, the next gear that I have uh, is actually, and you might fucking rip me for it, but is Condor Tactical Blue Jeans. Uh, you know, when Five Eleven came out with their blue jeans last year I thought it was pretty fucking cool but I was not about to spend I think it's like 60 or 70 bucks for a pair of blue jeans um so I didn't you know didn't really think nothing of it uh until I was just like scrolling through fucking Amazon and I saw Condor had their own uh version of those those kind of blue jeans they come in black and like a dark blue uh and what's really nice about it is uh that they were like 40 bucks you know 40 bucks is kind of the higher end of what I'm willing to pair on a, you know sp uh, spend on a pair of blue jeans uh you know I'm normally for fucking blue jeans honestly I'll just go to a fucking thrift store and buy blue jeans because they're already fucking worn in they're comfortable uh, and you know I don't fucking I'll spend like maybe five or seven dollars on a pair of blue jeans uh, but Condor you know they have their own version of those uh, tactical range blue jeans uh, they're around 40 bucks I got the two pairs of the dark blue version uh, I wore them for, uh, a pair Friday and I wore a pair Saturday I've been wearing them uh, I kind of got my first pair at the tail end of uh, the this past cold snap we had with uh, last winter going into the spring. Didn't really get 
a whole lot of wear into them. Been wearing them a lot more since we finally got rid of this cold or this fucking heat in Alabama. Uh, so I finally started wearing them more, and I really fucking love them. The only thing I'm not a huge fan of, I kind of like them, but I don't like it, is they have those what I call fucking maternity stretch on the sides. Uh, so uh, you know, I got a pair, you know, my normal blue jean size, but they're almost fucking too big if I don't wear a belt with them because uh, they're just so fucking stretchy. Uh, but I really like the look of them. I like that dark blue. Uh, I also really like the stretch uh, of the legs themselves. Uh, you know, I can do a lot more uh, bending, stretching, whatever, move around in those kind of jeans uh, without having to fucking worry about blue jeans themselves, you know, possibly ripping in, or any other kind of shit. Like, uh, you know, if they're not the exact fit, like I said, I must get most of my blue jeans from fucking thrift stores, uh, you know, busting out the, the fucking crotch in them and shit like that. Uh, so that's really nice about it. Uh, you know, I remember fucking uh, Joe Rogan, he was uh, advertising a pair of blue jeans. They're like a fucking hundred dollars, but they're stretchy. He was like doing fucking uh, kickboxing and taekwondo and shit uh, in them. You can do that in these fucking jeans. Uh, they're really comfortable. Uh, also, what's really nice about them is they have two magazine uh, pouches that can fit full uh, AR-15 mags, 30 round mags uh, in both sides in between the front pockets and the back pockets on the side. Uh, so when I was uh, out and about, I had my fucking uh, Neo mag uh, holding extra magazine for my shield. Uh, and I was uh, had, you know, my extra magazine in that little pocket right there. So it wasn't fucking with anything I had in either my front pockets or my back pockets, uh, like my wallet, cell phone keys, pocket knife, any of the other kind of shit. Uh, They're really nice. Like I said, you can get them from Amazon for like 40 bucks. Uh, they come in black and dark blue. Uh, they're really nice. The only other thing I would say that if, uh, you know, I got what I fucking call is dad calves. Uh, I got really fucking, uh, you know, defined kind of big calves, uh, you know, so normal, like for example, for work, I got some pairs of fucking first tactical, uh, you know, you call them range pants, but you know, that's what I, we wear at work is like fucking 5'11 kind of shit. Uh, we started going to first tactical. I call them tactical skinny jeans because those bitches are like fucking form fitting from my thighs. And then I got like Hercules calves from the fucking cartoon, the Disney cartoon. And they're like super motherfucking tight around my calves. Uh, they were a little bit snug around my calves, uh, but because they're that stretch material, uh, you know, it's not real. They don't look like skinny jeans. Uh, you know, they're not too fucking tight, but I can definitely feel it. Uh, like if I'm doing something and my calf muscles are flexing, I can feel like my calves uh, kind of fucking touching that area of the jeans, all that kind of shit. So uh, that's what I got. Uh, Pepe, you got any fucking gear that you've had or gotten uh, that you want to talk about? No, I haven't really gotten any uh, gear so much that uh, <clears throat> I'd like to talk about. But you know, you <laughs> talking about the the price of those jeans? Oh yeah, sixty dollars to that's not nearly as bad as I remember kids back in the '90s with those Janko jeans <laughs> paying over a hundred dollars for a pair of jeans that I don't know where they used to buy them. But uh, uh, <laughs> sixty dollars for a pair of jeans to me just I, a good pair of jeans really isn't that bad anymore. If you ask me, I, I I currently have a pair of Carhartts that I'm wearing, and I've worn these bad boys a lot for the past four and a half years, and they were well worth I think the fifty dollars I spent. But Carhartts, you know, good stuff. I believe they're made in America. Uh, I'm not gonna take my pants off right now and uh, and check. But I uh, bet if I threw some fucking singles, I can get those pants off you right now. Ah, uh, no, no. Oh, uh, shut the fuck uh, up. Yeah. You know I could. Uh, 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 I might be your type, but you're not mine. Hey, everybody's somebody's type with some fucking Jack Daniels. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's Condor, so you got that shit. You know, people like to fucking you know flex on the pores and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for a pair of fucking jeans, you know, hopefully if you're looking at my ass, you're not looking at the tag. Hopefully you're looking at my ass for something a little bit more uh, than just the fucking brand that I'm wearing. So uh, that's what I got for the review. Uh, let's go on and start getting into the culture segment. And because this is our fucking Halloween episode, we're going to be a 
again, like I said last episode, we uh, reviewed and talked about a uh, Halloween movie. Again, we're going to be talking about another Halloween movie. So let's start getting into the culture segment. y'all let's get into the culture segment and because this is the halloween episode we are talking about the fucking movie halloween the new one that came out last year uh let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the guns that used in it not a whole lot of guns used in it uh but you know in the fucking commercials you know you the trailers you saw jamie lee curtis have like a fucking gun room and all that kind of stuff uh there's a smith and wesson model 66 uh you know old-fashioned cool uh you know revolver of course you got the sig 226 uh you had a model 1873 lever action rifle and you also had a Mossberg 500 Cruiser, the classic, uh, you know, pistol grip shotgun, pump shotgun, and then uh, just some various shit that uh, fucking Jamie Lee Curtis had in her uh, fucking arsenal that looked like some hunting shot, uh, hunting rifles, more hunting shotguns, that kind of stuff. Of course, we're going with imfdb.org as our source. Uh, they don't actually list everything that's in uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's arsenal, uh, but just looking at it, you see a double barrel shotgun, uh, looks like one, two, uh, maybe two. Uh, hunting rifles, you know, no telling what they are. Uh, you see that Mossberg 500. Looks like you see another Mossberg with the synthetic stock. Uh, probably another Mossberg, uh, but it's going to be in camo. Uh, and then also, it looks like almost looks like a fucking. Is that a 22? You'd think right there. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. It's, her arsenal looks like a bunch of plain Jane shit. Like you'd steal from your fucking grandpa's hunting cabin. That kind <laughs> of shit. Pretty much. I, I mean, it might represent what uh, you know a lot of American families had at home back in the 70s when the original movie came out, but, uh, you know, I think the most modern thing they have in there is a SIG P226, but, you know, uh, and a uh, police officer has it of all people, but, yep. um, I don't know, I just, my thing is with Hollywood, uh, you know, you guys, act- actresses like, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis that take an anti-gun stance, but yet they make their, I don't know, I'm probably preaching the choir with this, but they, they make their millions by, uh, portraying some gun-slinging character out there, and I, and I know it's fake and stuff, but I mean, you know, just the, the hypocrisy just, just, uh, I can't, I can't say, there's nothing more I can say. Yeah, and Jamie Lee Curtis seriously has been out, and she's definitely a uh, gun control liberal out there in Hollywood. Uh, And when this movie did come out, I know uh, some gun content creators uh, did come out and say, uh, you know, the hypocrisy in it. Uh, But, you know, we went with this movie just because what's more fucking Halloween movie than the actual Halloween movie? And uh, this is the newest one that came out last year. Uh, Double Tap came out, or Zombie Lane Double Tap came out uh, this past week, but IMFDB hasn't, you know, really put up a good list of what was on there. We did talk about uh, Zombieland before in the last episode. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe next Halloween we'll fucking do Zombieland Double Tap 2. And actually, you and I need to go fucking see that movie. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that too. You know, w- one good series, well, I, I used to think they were okay series that uh, came out, you know, around Halloween was the Purge series. Yeah. That we would see. But unfortunately, come their, uh, I want to say their second or third movie. Yeah, I would think it was their second movie, the, the Purge Anarchy, which I really 
really like the storyline, but the uh, the counterculture in it, the supposed good guys were, you know, they were blaming uh, the NRA, the NFFA and the NRA, you know, and people who don't know the story, NFFA in the, in the series is the New Founding Fathers of America, and basically what they look like in the movie series are the new conservative push in America, and uh, they're blaming the NRA saying, oh, they're making a bunch of money off this purge or something, you know, and I, I just gotta say, the two-way community would never, I gotta say, would probably never, ever be in favor of something like an actual purge because they're all about self-defense and people's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it, to me, it's not just about guns. It's just about our, our liberty as Americans to, to live the way we want to live, you know? And I have various friends. I have, I have you know, liberal friends. I have friends from all walks of life. And I believe uh, one thing that just makes this country great is, or used to make us so great, is we used to be able to just disagree. But, you know, now everybody's expected to take a very strong stance either way. But, you know, I just, I, I, I liked the concept of the Purge series just as an interesting story. Just having uh, taken a lot of sociology classes, just seeing what, what would so, you know, society be like if we uh, fell into a moral decay like this. And, and believe it or not, it has happened in the past. I mean, if you don't just think about the Roman gladiators, there was a time when uh, Spartans were allowed to go out and kill the the helots. I, I'm not sure how that's... Hoplites. Hoplites. They were allowed to go out and uh, and kill them. And there's, there's been numerous examples throughout history where this sort of society has actually existed and they've ultimately justified it somewhere. And, you know, I really never... Of course, you know, the Hollywood people would make it look like, oh, it's evil conservatives that want to do with minorities and want to do away with minorities and poor people. But, you know, I've, I've watched the... I don't even want to say the conservative movement, but, you know, just the right the right wing movement just kind of really shift more libertarian during the last few election cycles. And I've seen, you know, more people uh, that would really consider themselves right wingers in the past consider themselves uh, libertarian just because they've really been more about the individual's rights more so than um, pushing any kind of conservative agenda. And to me, you know, most gun toters would be completely abhorred by the idea of a urge. I mean, I know I would. Yeah, it makes for a great story, but just the way that they try to portray it in the movie series, it just, you know, trying to make it look like a big right-wing movement, it's, it's just it's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, the Second Amendment is there to protect us against a tyrannical government, and that is the fucking definition of a tyrannical government. Uh, you know, the you're supposed to have life, liberty, and property uh, without, you know, not with losing it without due process. Uh, and like you said, I think if a purge was real, uh, like for example, uh, the last one that came out where it was like the prequel of where the purge started uh, in like some little fucking neighborhood in New York uh, metropolitan area. Uh, you know, I think gun owners would go there to protect fucking people because that's, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to purchase like a $500 Glock or even a police trading Glock or, you know, AR-15 to protect themselves. Uh, I think, you know, gun owners would protect, you know, people that are, are less fortunate for themselves, uh, you know, being like oath keepers, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Uh, you know, you see shit like that, like with Clive and Bundy and, and those people that came to protect, even though they might not agree politically with whoever it is, uh, they're there to protect people from the government. So. Well, you know, I just got to say too, the, the, the first purge, the, well, the movie called The First Purge, which was the last one that came out, the prequel to the series, uh, I the, the propaganda in that movie was just, it was Fucking horrific. Just, you know, them trying to link Russians with white supremacists, and I'm sure that there's, you know, the white supremacist groups out there that, um, 
have sympathies with, you know, right-wing Russian or Eastern European organizations, but I, I just gotta say that, you know, it was clearly made to just do that whole Trump-Russia Republican tie thing that they've been pushing in the media since uh, since the 2016 election. It's just, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV and movies anymore just for that reason. I'm just, I'm just tired of the propaganda. I can't just go to the movies anymore and just be entertained. Everything left and right is just, and when I say left and right, I don't mean politically. I just mean anything that's coming out of Hollywood it's just it can't just entertain you anymore it, it has to be there to quote unquote educate you change your opinion about something it's it's so sad I just can't watch a TV series anymore and it has to it has to try to sway me one way or another whether it's a political position or a social position it just I just we just can't get away from it well that's going to be the end of the culture segment if you have a uh, suggestion whether it be a book video game movie TV show whatever the fuck it may be reach out to us on social media on our uh, fucking website uh, let's go ahead ahead and start wrapping it up let us know what you want let's go ahead and start wrapping up the show Well, guys, again, I want to greatly appreciate y'all for listening to another 2A Lifestyle podcast. If you like Pepe the Fed, fucking reach out to us on Facebook, uh, social media, Instagram, mail, whatever the fuck it is. Let us know. Uh, we can have him back on. Uh, if you like him, give us uh, constructive criticism. Let us know what you think. Uh, this was, you know, I want to bring in a subject matter expert because I am not very fucking IT uh, literate, like he said. Uh, I wanted to bring somebody that was a subject matter expert uh, in reference to that kind of stuff because when I read that, I was kind of fucking floored that these companies are out there collecting your uh, firearms serial numbers, your anything, you know, firearms related with your serial numbers. And like the firearms blog said, it's not even got to do with firearms. Uh, they found out from a fucking uh, car website. So, it, you know, it, it could be anything out there uh, with that OCR technology. So I wanted to have the subject matter expert in here to help educate y'all way the fuck better than I could. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead, go to our social media, like us, follow us on Facebook. We are the number 2A Lifestyle. On Instagram, we are 2 spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Where you listen to this podcast, go and hit subscribe. Also, please leave us a review. That's to help other people find us uh, that are searching for gun-related podcasts. Also, we have a Patreon. Like I said, anything that we have, uh, you know, at past that $15, we're going to go better the podcast to help y'all. And then also go into reviews, and we're going to have giveaways on our social media. We've already done giveaways on our social media. So we're going to be doing some giveaways. And until then, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this bitch up. Enjoy y'all's Halloween, and I will see y'all again in two weeks, where we'll have another special guest. We will have Ash. Hess of Quantified Performance. We're going to be talking about the rifle match at the arena training facility that I went to about a month ago. And he's going to talk to us about that a little bit more. Talks about the next match coming up in February. And he's going to talk to us about kind of like what it takes to, to set up that kind of match. Until then, continue to be great ambassadors of that 2A community and keep enjoying that 2A lifestyle.
Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. Skeleton Jack might catch you in the back pass. Our job, but we're not mean in our town of Halloween.